Brought to you by Leaving New Haven. It's not a sport to us. It's a lifestyle. Hey, don't forget, we're on every Monday night at 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, be sure to download the Pandora so you can catch up with the rotation of all the shows that are on the network. I hope you enjoyed this one here. Broadcasting from Cincinnati, you're listening to the Ringside Reporter Podcast. All the news from the world of boxing right here. Well, I'm talking to you the way I want to talk to you. Now, here's your host, Eric Lorda. And we are live. Welcome to the Ringside Reporter Show, where we talk about the latest boxing news. If it's related to boxing, we'll talk about it here. My name is Eric Lorta, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Habib. And we have a great show for you today. And as always, you can call in at 323, excuse me, 870-3857. And uh, we'll be here till about, uh, probably about 1 o'clock or so. Uh, we want to try to get you guys out of here so you guys can watch the games today. Uh, big big day of football, the biggest day. You know, in my opinion, it's the biggest day of football. Um, I think it's even bigger than the Super Bowl. you got the two teams. They're always... Uh, these are always typically these are better games than the Super Bowl. They're always competitive. They, you know, you got the teams vying. So, I always love this game. I mean, I always love this day. Beeb, you're not a big football guy, are you, or are you? Not really, no. No, your boy Tom Brady's playing. He's back in the championship, baby. I'm following that, though. I'm following that. You're following that. All right. Yeah, I'm following that a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, your brother's a big Tom Brady fan, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of in. He's kind of in between the whole thing, though, because um, believe it or not, everybody assumes that the Patriots fans are all mad at Belichick because Brady's gone, but they kind of understand the situation. No one really anticipated Brady being this good over at Tampa Bay. To be honest with you, I didn't you think know, they so. had that good of a team. I mean, when he went to Tampa Bay, I didn't think they really had that great yeah. of a team over there. So if, for them to yeah, I, do what they did, you know. And um, now what's going on is a lot of a lot of people are, are kind of – most people are kind of in between on it, but there are some fans that are kind of calling Belichick out now. And then Belichick's girlfriend is trying to battle battle back and forth, but she's – She's making a fool of herself because she she's saying she needs to stay out of it. She's saying she's saying non-factual things, and she's getting called out on saying non-factual things. So she needs to stay in her lane. Stay in she lane. doesn't know what she, she she doesn't know what she's talking about. She just, let, let 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 your man fight his own battles. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let, let you know. Well, I like what but, you said uh, about it last night. I like I like what you said about it last night. You were like, you know, hey, she should stay in the kitchen cooking dinner and let Belichick coach the team. That's I mean, I agree with that, babe. That's uh. <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's that's fake news. I mean, that's what we've been trying to work on right now. We've already called out the media for uh, you know for, for misinformation, and this is why we have so much problems in the country right now. So uh, keep keep it up, and we'll have to uh, we'll have to we'll have to take care of that. You're gonna have to censure me, I guess. You know, uh, we have to. We, we may have to cancel you. <laughs> I'm sure you're not alone. Uh, tonight. Or today, rather, we're going to talk about Beeb. They got an all women's pay per view coming out. I, I coughed. I was clearing my throat. I wasn't. Listen. I was, listen. I was clearing my throat. Listen. I was clearing my throat. Listen. Listen. You got to get behind women's boxing. I'm just tired of the chauvinistic attitude said. you have. I didn't say anything. I'm tired I, of I it. I can't cough. 
I am I so tired of man. I, got, I can't, like, cough and just clear my throat when I say it happened to be well, through that. This is a litmus test now. A lot of women have been complaining. Why can't we get the payday? Shocking. And, and I, and, and, you know, and this is going to – please, <laughs> stop with your insolence. I don't want to hear it, all right? Stop. Man, I, I was, this is not I'm trying to be understanding. I'm trying to be understanding, Please. man. So, again, this is a litmus test. Let's 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 see what happens here. Clarissa Shields is on this card. Supposedly, she's supposed to be the – well, she's the self-proclaimed face of women's boxing. But Katie Taylor, believe it or not, is actually the probably – is without a doubt the highest paid female boxer. She, I'm, yeah, I'm hearing so. she's getting – She's getting uh, six-figure paydays on the regular, which I'm shocked to hear. But she's got to be well more. Here, so. She's probably the most well-known boxer world, you know, in the world, honestly. Worldwide, yeah, Globally, yeah. yeah. She's actually sure. my favorite. She's actually my favorite uh, female fighter because she's she's a very technical fighter, but she's also exciting at the same time, and um, she's got a great personality. Uh, she's just a positive person all around. Not not to take anything away from Clarissa Shields. You know, again, Clarissa Shields is not a big puncher. Katie Taylor's a big puncher. She's yeah. an exciting fighter. Clarissa Shields isn't always – her fights aren't always uh, earth-shattering. You know what I mean? They're, they're not groundbreaking. You know, no, they're not they're – not, not it's even not must that That um, Christina Hammer fight was supposed to be a, a great fight, and it just wasn't – It was a good performance. It was a good performance, no question. <laughs> but, again, you know, Katie Taylor always – puts in a good performance as well as an exciting performance. Like she makes you want to see her again. Right. Whether whether you're a casual a casual fan can watch a Katie Taylor fight, be entertained and want to come back another time. Can't I'm not hundred percent sure we could say that about Clarissa Shields. And I you know I don't I don't want to dump on Clarissa Shields. Right. I have a the utmost respect for her. But I just I'm just explaining why I, I'm I'm a huge Katie Taylor fan. Right. No, I agree. I like Katie Taylor too. I like Katie Taylor. I think she's, she's she's the one that I think can cross over worldwide, like you said. Yeah, yeah, she's got more appeal. She's a better, you know, better all around. Uh, we're also going to talk about Canelo Alvarez inks a new contract with Matchroom. But I tell you what, first we're going to get started with the Showtime card. Raiz Ali, we're going to start it off with a friend of the show. He wasn't the main event, but you know what? He was my main event. Uh, Raiz Ali versus Victor Pasillas. For the WBA interim super featherweight title. Friend of the show, Raiz the Beast Aleem wins the WBA super featherweight title over Victor Pasillas by 11th round TKO. Uh, he knocked Pasillas down four times in this fight. And you can argue, you know, there was a couple of there was a couple of them that looked like flash, like that first one looked like a flash knockdown. That one, I think it was a second knockdown he had, was right on the chin, man. That was a that was a solid shot, and I and Pasillas was hurt. Um, I was so impressed with Aleem in this fight, man. He was calm. He completely, to me, he dominated from start to finish. Uh, after that first round, I think you knew he was winning this fight. He just, he's awkward. He's a tough guy to fight, man. He's awkward. He throws punches from odd angles. He could take a punch. He takes a little bit too many for my liking, but he could definitely, he's definitely got a chin. Uh, you know, he, you know, this is a guy, you know, we interviewed him on the show, he moved from Michigan to Las Vegas. Didn't know a soul in Las Vegas. Left everyone he knew behind. His family, everybody he knew behind with one goal, to become a champion. And, uh, hey, he realized it last night, man. I couldn't be happy for him. Uh, I'll tell you this, man. He's a problem for anybody out there. And after watching that main event with uh, Fulton and Leo, I, 
I got it. You know, to me, I would favor Reyes over either one of those guys. I would definitely favor him over Fulton. Um, he's just a tough. He's a rugged guy, uh, and he's just he's hard. He's hard to fight. He really is. He's hard to fight. B, what were your thoughts on this? Look sharp. He looks sharp. And the thing about it is, you know, when you're starting to be able to pour it on a guy and get it and really have your way with somebody, it's very easy to get complacent. It's very easy to get a little over-anxious. And, and, you, and, and the word that you mentioned earlier, calm, was 100% right on point because he kept going out there and setting up the shots, didn't swing for the fences, didn't get overly excited, didn't force the stoppage. He said, you know what? I'm, I'm having success doing what I'm doing. I'm able to just pick this guy apart. This guy's coming to me. I don't have to chase him. I don't really have to load up. I can use this guy's own momentum against him because he's running right into my shots. Mm-hmm. So just, just let the fight play out and let it take its course. And um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's what I love because a lot of times you see guys because he's only got 18 fights, you know he's still, um, I don't know if you want to call him a prospect, but he's on the cusp of exiting that pro- that prospect uh, title type types, you know he, that prospect title or position, however you want to frame it. And you know he showed last night, you know, evidence that he's not he's stepping out of that prospect. Um, position because of the way he was patient uh he showed poise um and he just he just picked them apart you know just picked them apart so what can you say uh it was a great performance and i think he could build off of this and this was a great showcase type performance for him because he's looking to break out and um if he can keep put on putting on performances like this uh keep being on Showtime, being the headliner like like that, like this. Uh, he wasn't the headliner actually. He was the co-feature, I think. If I'm not mistaken. He was. Right? He was a co-feature. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so if he keeps putting on performances like this, sooner or later he'll start headlining. You know, and it's it's unfortunate because he's in a, he's in one of those smaller weight classes that uh, doesn't always get a lot of exposure, doesn't get a lot of hype. But uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm glad that Showtime put on a card like this last night to give the little guys a little bit of shine because they deserve it. And 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 I thought all around this was a solid card. It was an entertaining card. Uh, you could say on paper some of these fights uh, may have been mismatches. But, again, I thought they were entertaining. Um, I, I, I don't think they were competitive per se. But um, everyone on this card fought hard. They fought like they wanted to win. And you could see it with every single fighter. And I, I I thought it was a good good entertaining card and uh yeah I was I was happy with the whole card all around. I, I thought uh, it was a competitive card on paper. Those first two, you know, the main event yeah. and co main were definitely competitive. You know, you had Raleigh yeah, Romero. On paper. Yeah, I mean you had Raleigh Romero, you know, his guy pulled out, his guy came in heavy. So he got a substitute yeah. and he did what he was should have done against a sub. You know, a late sub. Yeah. He did exactly what he should have done, so you yeah. can't really blame him for that. But yeah, and I thought the two fights were I thought the two fights were very good. I thought the the co main and the main were very good, you know. Yeah, and Rolly Romero looked looked outstanding as well. Well, let's talk about he him, man. Really good. Yeah, he won uh, via TKO over uh, Avery Sparrow, who was a late sub. 
Uh, he knocked him down on the first, pretty much controlled the fight. Uh, Sparrow's corner threw in the towel. I think it was in the seventh, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Romero, I thought he looked good, yeah. man. And and he's a late sub, but like like we said, man, he was a, he was a late sub. He did what he should have done. Now the guy uh, Sparrow was talking before the fight. He said he's going to walk him down. He's going to try to get get uh, Romero out of there. And Romero wasn't having any of that. That guy had no idea what he was in for, man. He really didn't. Um, the thing with Romero, man, his speed, he looked really sharp. Uh, his speed was good. Everything was good. Um, now, Romero was supposed to fight uh, Justin Paldo, man. Uh, Justin Paldo apparently failed his pre-fight physical, came in five pounds heavy. They actually moved the fight to 140 to accommodate him. But the commissioner said, hey, no, it's done. We're, he's not fighting. Um, which I thought was kind of odd. I mean, five pounds, I, I, I don't Listen, man, I, I don't know how you come in five pounds heavy, but I know it was a pre-fight. So it could have been the day before, the day, you know what I mean? I don't know exactly when uh, when the decision was made to get Sparrow in or to get Sparrow in there over Paldo. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, You know, listen, I guess the guy was willing to fight. I mean, but, you know, hey, I mean, they got his best interest. And if he had to lose, all, lose a little bit of weight or whatever just to make 140, that, you know, hey, that could have played a big part, too. Five pounds is a big difference at that weight, too, you know? So, oh, it's huge. It's huge, right? It's huge. I mean, and, 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 and let's let's give Romero credit, too, because, like you said, there was an opponent change, but um, Sparrow's no joke. He's got he's to win over Hank Lundy, you know? Yeah. He's got a little bit of, he's got a little bit of craftiness to him. He's a, he's a – you could see, even though he didn't have a ton of fights, he's never been stopped before, first of all. This was his first time being stopped. Um, but for a guy that has 13 fights, he looked like a guy that was pretty well schooled. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he may have a big amateur background because he, he knew all the little veteran tricks in there. Um, it, it looked like in the beginning that it wasn't going to be an easy one. This was going to be one of those fights that, that Romero was going to have to work for it. But again, like he said, everyone thought I'm, I'm just a puncher. I'm just a puncher. I'm just a puncher. But think about he showed a lot of boxing ability. He threw a lot of feints, um, set some traps, uh, created created nice openings. Uh, th- this was a very uh, a very skillful performance last night, where he showed a little bit of everything. Yeah. He varied up his attack. He varied up his attack. He was going to the body. He wasn't head hunting. Big thing. The big thing was was the feints. You know, he was he was really throwing a lot of feints and really creating openings and. He was throwing real sneaky shots off the feints, yeah. okay, and he just—he looked real sharp. He looked like a sniper in there, really. So I—I I, I like how he fought, and I like what he said after the fight. I told you I can box, and his trainer in the corner did a phenomenal job, really navigating him through that fight, really. And um, you know, you could tell that he calmed him down because Romero. Has been a guy that's went in there and looked like he's like, trying to take guys' heads off. Did look a little anxious in other fights, and we've, we've I think we've said that before. And uh, we we needed to see a performance like this so we could see that he did have a, another wrinkle. So when the competition does get better, he'll always have this boxing ability to fall back on, and not just the um, you know the flash, the flashy type style. Uh, it reminds me sort of like Roy Jones a little bit, the way he throws that hook, too, the way he leaps in with that hook. Yeah. So He's a so solid this, fighter. This, this young, 100%. So this guy's going to be very interesting 
uh, to follow. And I, 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 I have uh, high hopes for this guy. I, I think that he has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a ton of potential. Yeah, he's got a big upside to him. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, he's a guy you want to see again. And, you know, speaking of Sparrow, and, I mean, you say he has a win over Hank Lundy. Hank Lundy's no easy out. Hank Lundy's no. one of the more difficult fighters you'll ever have to fight. And That's a veteran right there. Yeah, I mean he is uh, he's a very very good fighter, man. Uh and what what impressed me about Romero taking this fight on Twitter, he had no time to study this guy. I mean there really wasn't any no. time. You just kind of got to have to go out there and adapt or whatever. And you know, I mean he did what he needed to do. And he did what you would expect a a good fighter to do and that's get him out of there. He got him out of there in the mid rounds. You know. I I'll say I'll say one thing, and I don't want to be a negative Nelly, uh, but I but I have to say this. One caveat, I think, to the whole situation with Romero is I don't like the fact that he's with Mayweather Promotions. I'm why? not trying to throw shade on Mayweather. I'll explain to you why. Yeah. They tend to they tend to bury guys a little bit. It seems like right now they're throwing all their energy behind Tank, and who else are they pushing? Really, you know what I'm saying? So I hope this guy doesn't get neglected. Yeah. This is where top rank. This is where top rank excels. They know how to build younger fighters. They don't know how to nurture their stars. <laughs> right. Once, right. They, once their stars get to a certain level, they end up leaving them and making more money somewhere else. But uh, this is where top rank excels. So Mayweather Promotions, I think they have a, a you know a superstar in Tank, but I think they've thrown all their eggs in, their, in one basket with Tank, and they. A lot of times they tend to kind of let these other guys fall by the wayside. They tend to neglect these other guys. And um, if you notice, they don't they don't always keep all their fighters busy either. You know, I remember when they had Badu Jack and stuff, and they had uh, you yeah. know, they had um, other guys. They had a they've got a lot of potential over there, you know. But like you said, they threw all the eggs in one. But and then you talk about Tank. Well, they tried to bury Tank at one point. You know. Yeah, Ishay Smith won the. EJ Smith won the title, and he was never getting fights. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, the British was, guy. They had a British. They had a British. The British I, I, guy. The guy that fought. Uh, Bron- what did he fight? Bronner. Yeah, he fought Bronner there. Uh, what's his name? They 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 buried him. Yeah. You know, you know? And, and I mean, they have a. You know, I don't understand. Like as a promotion, why you would do that? I mean, you make money off these guys. Why bury him? You know? I mean, I oh, once again, Floyd. Floyd's really not. Um, in this with everything, you know, he hasn't really put all his heart and soul into the promotional aspect. He's, he's, he's still concerned about promoting his brand, and and I, and I get that, but um, it just it just seems like uh, Ashley Theophane, that's who it was. Thank you, uh, Tashi, in the chat. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, Ashley Theophane. It just seems like he's really not putting a hundred percent into this, and uh, it shows. It really you does. Know? It really does. Uh, PED in the chat says Raleigh fought a guy, uh, 198 guy. Uh, I guess he's 190, ranked 198th. Again, you can't really blame him for that because he was a late sub. You know, you're not going to be able to get a top guy uh, on 24 hours notice. I mean, the guy yeah. came in heavy. He can't control that. It was either that yeah. or don't fight at all. You know, and he wants to keep busy, especially now when it's hard to get fights, period. Uh, especially now, you, you want to stay busy. So but I yeah. thought he looked good, man. I thought he did a good job, man. 
Uh, let's talk about the main event here. Angelo Leo versus Stephen Fulton uh, for the WBO Junior Featherweight title. Uh, Fulton wins a unanimous decision over Leo by the scores of 118-110, 119-109 twice. I thought that uh, Stephen Fulton did a good job here, man. I really did. Uh, you know, Angelo Leo was behind the eight ball. He got cut earlier, and uh, it looked like a clash of heads that may have caused that. Uh, it looked like over his left eye, I believe. And, uh, you know, he was behind the eight ball from the from the beginning. But Stephen Fulton did a really good job. I thought inside he did a really good job uh, smothering this guy, getting his shots off, being elusive. Uh, and after the, you know, after, uh, I guess during the fight they were interviewing uh, Raiz Aleem. And, again, I would favor Aleem over either one of these two guys. But that's just me. I mean, I'm probably biased. But, really? Uh, yeah, I would. I, I would favor him over Fulton. I would, I would for sure favor him over Fulton. Uh, I think. Well, you know what it is. His punching power is the X factor. He can he can crack. Yeah. He can he can crack for that weight. Yeah. For that weight, yeah, he, he can, can crack. crack. He can crack. So, uh, but uh, you know, congratulations to Stephen Fulton. Uh, it was a good fight, not a great fight. Uh, you know. It was one of those things. Again, it was, but it was a competitive, on paper, it was a competitive, I thought it was a good card, B. I, it was a real solid card from, yeah. from Showtime, to be honest with you. And this was, on paper, like you said, this was a pick em fight. You know what the difference in this fight was? Fulton really was able to handle Leo on the inside. I, I think he muscled him. I think he bullied him a little bit on the inside. This fight kind of reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you remember this fight, Andre Ward versus Alan Green, when um, Alan Green was the big bully, the big puncher. Yeah. And what Ward did, Ward would, would wrapped up his arms on the inside, kind of, and then would release one of them and punch with the free hand. And then he would push him off and kind of pot shot him from the outside. So he was giving him a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, Alan Green couldn't really get the shots off because every time he got close to Ward and tried to work, in that mid-range to up-close area. Ward grabbed him, put a body on him, and, and kind of, like, leaned on him and twisted and turned him. You know, and, and, um, and, and that's the thing about Fulton I noticed in this fight. He had a little bit of dog in him. He had a little bit of ruggedness into him. Um, he showed that even though he was quicker, uh, you, you know, Leo was trying to get in there, trying to be the aggressor, but he was being nullified by, um, you know, the physical tactics of, uh, of Fulton. So Fulton wasn't just a better boxer. He seemed to be the stronger guy physically in here, and, that, and that's why I think he was able to weather the aggressiveness of Leo. So I wonder how that would factor into a fight uh, with Aline, you know? It would he be would interesting. Try to, put a body, try to put a body on Aline because Aline likes to, likes to kind of work on the inside a little bit too. The, the beautiful thing about um, Aline and Fulton is they, they have a, a, a pretty versatile skill set. You know, they're not just in-fighters in, in or out-fighters. They can do a little bit of both, you know. But the, but the, like you said, the X factor, in my opinion, is Aleem's punching power. He can crack. He can crack. What did they say that guy was? I heard that 270-something and six in the amateurs, Pasillas was, the guy Aleem fought. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. well-schooled fighter. And, I mean, Aleem yeah. just took him apart. And that power, it's got to play a part. You know, and Pasillas was pressing the action, yeah. trying to get him on the back foot and everything like that, and he was just getting cracked. I mean, he he punches from such odd angles. You know what I mean? He's just but, and, and here here's the thing. Aleem's another one of those guys. He'll have, have his hands out far, and he just little short 
little short twist yeah. of the wrist doesn't need a lot of space. Doesn't need. A, it's not an overly accentuated movement. It's just like a short, abbreviated little turn, little quick. He has a hand here. Boom! See that, that hook? He just boom, like a little, little, basically a six-inch punch, <laughs> and he's able to generate a shit ton of power out of that. You're not expecting a punch. You're not. You're not expecting a guy to be able to turn over a powerful shot like that no. with his hand that way out, and he's not really having a, you know, really turn. Yeah. He's just basically a little quick flick of flick of the hip, and the, and the basically, basically all it's coming from the elbow. It's like boom. It's almost like a Wing Chun punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bing. Right. Exactly. You know, and he's got that. I'll tell you what, Ali's got that karate background. You know, he's a black belt and everything like that. Yeah, and, uh, you can, and you can see it. And you can see it in the you, way he's throwing his punches. Is that and his foot movement. You know, he's got yeah. – yeah, that's where he gets those angles. He's, you know, he gets those awkward angles from that foot movement, you know, from his background, you know. So it's it's I, a little different, see man. If we can, see if we can get him on again, and I want to yeah. ask him if he's incorporated some of those punches. Because in martial arts – a lot of times, obviously, they use the hip and stuff. Sure, but they don't use a they don't use a ton of shoulder. They have their shoulder like they they use it. The shoulder kind of puts the weight on the elbow, right. so they shift the weight from the shoulder to the elbow, and they shoot and they shoot the punch from the elbow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and, and you could see you could see he did that. He does that a little bit with that hook. He's like he's it's coming more so from the elbow, right? You know. And, that, and that's the interesting thing about how that punch was 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 thrown. You know what I mean? Because so, you can't – it's hard to gauge it because a lot of times when a guy will throw a hook, you could see him kind of torque his elbow a little bit. Right. He didn't do – he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. So it's very interesting. Because if we can get him on again, I mean, I'd love to talk to him again. Yeah, I would too. I would too. I'll, I'll talk to him and see if uh, see if he's able to come back on again, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's a champ, so he's it's not – a great interview. You know. <laughs> no, he told us. We asked him, will you win the title? Will you come back? He, he he committed to us. People say a lot of stuff, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I tell you what. I think he would. I think he, I absolutely think he would. He's, He's a good back, guy, man. He'll come, he come back. He'll come back. This is the Ringside Reporter Podcast. Hello. I mean, come on. We're big time, son. You know. Uh, the other action last night was the UFC. All right. So we had Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. You know, typically we don't report on the UFC unless they're really big fights. Anytime McGregor fights, it's a really big fight. And it was a really big win for Dustin Poirier last night who knocked him out in the second round. Uh, I thought Conor had a really good first round, but uh, Dustin took him down in the first round, wore him down a little bit, and then uh, the leg kicks. Those leg kicks were just vicious. You know, Conor has a thing where he stands – you know, and his front foot's out just like a regular. He's incorporated more of a boxing type thing, you know, more of a boxing stance. And you can't, it's hard to do that in MMA. It really is because you got to worry about takedowns. You got to worry about single legs. You got to worry about, you know, kicks to the leg and all that other stuff. And that's what he got. I mean, he never checked any one of those kicks. Uh, he said his leg was dead after the fight. He actually had to leave the ring on crutches. I mean, it's. Uh, couldn't even stand. Couldn't even stand. I mean, those leg kicks were just vicious. I mean,. You think about, like, getting kicked in the calf repeatedly or getting kicked in the, you know, right in the quad. I mean, it's just it's just vicious, man. And, you know, listen, man, I don't care who you are. If you can't move, you're not going to be able to fight. And that was the case. Uh, Poirier caught him and then uh, just put him away. So it was really good. Uh, after the fight, of course, everybody dumps on uh, McGregor, uh, you know, which is, which is par for the course. Uh, including Floyd, who never misses a chance to dump on anyone, uh, Floyd took to social media and said the following. 
Uh, con, con artist McLoser could steal everything from me and be loved, but I'm hated. This just lets you know that all that racism still exists. His words, not mine. Uh, this is what they hate. It's sad to be a poor black kid from the ghetto that has dealt with racism your whole life and then work extremely hard to put yourself and your family in a better position. And most of the hate come from my own people. What's he talking about? What it would, you know, I mean, I really don't, I don't understand this. Can I say something? Can you translate it for me? I don't know. This it's so funny that you're bringing this up because I didn't I didn't really I heard him say something but I didn't even read his comments right but I never like to get involved in this whole race race thing sure but I gotta say something. I gotta say something I'm at the gym the other day and people that I talk to that really don't watch combat sports mm-hmm. but they say oh I can't wait to watch Conor McGregor this guy's loved. Yeah, he's loved by everybody. Floyd was hated by everybody. Okay, and both guys, personality-wise, hard to like either one of them. My opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of either one of them as a person. That's my opinion. I mean, that that's how I feel. But the thing is, this Conor McGregor to me is more irritating, and he's more. Uh, I dislike him more than I dislike Floyd. Uh, because the thing about what he does is he actually puts people in danger. He hits people. You know, he, he, when he did with, on that bus, uh, yeah, the way he kind of, right. That, that, and he got a, he got nothing for that. Virtually nothing for that. Which um, I don't understand. The whole to be thing, honest. The whole thing about him punching that old man at a bar. I would, Floyd would never do that. Floyd would never throw a dolly at a bus. To me, this guy has done way worse things than Floyd. He's even been accused. This guy's been accused of uh, sexual assault. So is Floyd. And, Floyd and, would, uh, Floyd's been accused of beating women and everything like that. You know. And so and so has. But this guy's sure. been accused of it just as much, if not more. And recently, recently, we're not, recently, we're not going to justify it either way. But this is right. recently in this type of climate where much worse climate than. Floyd was in. Yeah. But we're not justifying either way. We're not going to play the game of what's, you know, what's what's worse. We're not going to uh, play the whataboutisms here. But the fact of the matter is, this guy has been getting a pass and continues to get a pass. Mm-hmm. And the only way, I, the only thing I could think about it is, maybe it is because of his color. Mm-hmm. And I and I, and I'm I'm not that guy. Right. And I'm right. saying it. I'm not that guy, and I'm saying it. Um, but the question is, is Floyd the guy to be the one to criticize? Because Floyd has done a lot of questionable things outside the it's ring. It's like glass houses. He's been accused. You know. Yeah. So it's like, it's like why? But, but you know, so in other words, you you can't justify what you did, Floyd, by playing the whataboutism game with this guy. You know what I'm saying? Let other people do that. But – the message that Floyd is saying, I think, is is, is somewhat is pretty much accurate, but the messenger shouldn't be the one delivering it, in my opinion. Now, if Andre Ward came out and said something like, you know, what's, you what's the deal? Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to listen to it to you because you can't justify some of the. Again, you you hit Josie Harris allegedly. In front of your son, your son wrote a statement saying you did it. Clearly, he did it. I don't. 
you know. I don't find I can't find a reason why I would not believe the son. Okay? Right. So you hit you hit you, you know the, the mother of your ch- children in front of your son. Okay? That's that's you know incomprehensible to me. So at the end of the day, um he's right. But he shouldn't be the one delivering the message. Let someone else say it. And I've been saying it. I've been saying it all along. This guy is loved. I have people talk to me. Oh, everyone loves this guy. You know but why? Everyone hates Floyd. Everyone right. hates Floyd. Everyone hates Adrian Broner. Like again, we we we. There is a hint. There is a um. There is some. To me, there is a hint of racism here. It really is. I'll tell you. Because this. this guy never gets. He never gets criticized for anything he does. Never. Well, okay, well, that's not entirely true because he did get criticized with the busting. No question about it. Uh, he does get criticized with the sexual harassment stuff just as much as Floyd not to the ex- I don't know, man. Floyd not beat up his not to the same I mean, extent. Floyd beat up his ex-wife. I mean, there's a big difference there. Um, this, but this guy but this guy still gets endorsements. If, if, if like – well, he if owns it was someone the else company. I mean, it's not like he's getting endorsed. He owns the company. He's like part o- owner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but he's in, but he, but again, he's in part like you know, well, he's in partnership. Let me tell he's you the difference. He's got people helping with that. Why would they not drop him? Well, let me tell you the difference. Let me tell you the difference here. And and I'll tell you this. If it is, if it does come out that he, you know, obviously, you know, with the sexual thing or whatever, if he gets convicted or whatever, then they're probably going to drop him from the face, you know, because nobody's going to have to, you know, want to do that. But let me tell you the difference is, is that Connor, when Connor, you could tell is two different people. Okay, so when you see him on online and on camera and stuff like that, he's always very boisterous and everything like that. When you see him in, you know, after the fights last night, he couldn't have been more of a gracious loser when he lost to Nate Diaz. Couldn't have been more of a gracious loser, you know, and he, you know, when you see him at the press conferences after the fights, he's more of a, okay, it was, you know what he's doing. This is all like a facade almost, you know, it's all like, uh, you know, he's just, he's being a character. Floyd, we don't get that. I don't ever get that with Floyd. I think he's a jerk before the fight. I think he's a jerk after the fight. I think he's a jerk during I the disagree. press conferences or after the press conferences. I've never seen Floyd. I, I disagree. Really? I disagree. Really? I'll explain to you why. Go ahead. You know, I was watching the press conference after he beat Canelo. Yeah. Go back and watch that. The, what he did to Canelo was the classiest thing I've ever seen a veteran do. He passed the torch. This is what he said. He hugged him, shaked him, like said that this guy is, is he's the future of the sport. And he passed the torch to him. And he could not have been more gracious in winning. Uh, like, I think Floyd has changed a lot. Um, I still think he's got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of that persona in him. Yeah. I think I think he's a little. I think he's shallow. I think yes. he's very shallow, yes. shallow and, and materialistic. Sure. Sure. Shallow and materialistic more so than Connor. Okay. Yes. But Connor's more of a jerk. I don't think Floyd's as much of like. I don't think you know. One good thing about Connor is he seems to be like kind of a loyal guy. Floyd will, will throw you under the bus and get rid of you as soon as. For sure. Floyd reminds me of, reminds me of Trump a little bit. Like he'll just he, he he's not a good friend. No. But. He has shown a lot of um, humility after fights after he won in his older years. 
You know what I mean? It is older. Yeah, you know what? And I go back to the Arturo Gatti fight. I go back to the Arturo Gatti fight where he said that, uh, you know, See, that was a, long time. Was a great champion. He said Gatti was a great champion after the fight. Now, he called him yeah, a C-level uh, fighter leading into the fight and everything like that. But after the fight, okay. he knocked him out. Floyd was overcome with emotion. He was crying yeah. after the fight. And he said, Gaddy's such a great champion and yeah. everything like that. So, yeah. yeah, you know what? Yeah, I think so. But I think that, you know, again, he's just more, you know, if you're looking at, you know, charisma-based and everything like that, Floyd's just not that guy. And I think that's then, why people just uh, can't get behind him. He, they can't get behind him, man. Yeah, I disagree. You think he's I a charismatic guy? I think guy? it's – Oh, I mean, is he a likable guy? Is he a guy you'd like to hang out with? Let me. I wouldn't want to hang around with either one of them. I don't either. But if you had, but if I had to flip a coin, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. I would probably hang around with Floyd more so than Connor, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because Connor is more of a caricature than Floyd. He's more of a caricature than Floyd, in my opinion. I'll tell you why. Because when Floyd used to do it. Like when Floyd, like when you watch that twenty four seven, that came off really authentic. It was, it seemed real. When Connor does it, you can tell it's fake. You can tell it's contrived. You can tell he's, he's like that. It's a fake bravado. Right. It never came off as a fake bravado to me. And Floyd's right. A lot of people didn't copy Floyd's blueprint. Of being the bad guy, like, and then Connor was like, "Oh, when he's get, when he was losing in that Khabib fight, he says, oh, it's only business.' Floyd would never say Floyd was like during wow. during during the fight when he was getting beat up. Oh, it's only business. Like again, you're breaking kayfabe, bro. You're not supposed to do that. No, you know. No, so Floyd, I mean, that's Floyd, just let you know how that fight was going. The fact that he said, you know, hey, it was only business. Yeah, yeah. it's only business. <laughs> yeah, so, let you know so exactly me, how that fight was going. To me, to me, Conor McGregor is a cheap imitation of Floyd. In sure. my, in, in my, in my opinion. Sure, sure but guess what, Eric? But guess what, Eric? More people agree with you. Because if you took a poll, who's more yeah. likable, Floyd or Conor? For sure. Conor would, Conor would win. Yeah. Conor would win. There's just something about I, but Floyd's I would be, I personality would, to yeah. me that rubs me the wrong way. You know, and most just, people, and most and people, most people would, right. would agree with you. But I just don't see, I see it a different way. Uh, I see the different. Given quality for life, who has nothing ever good to say, says that the media lies about Floyd. Everything Connor gets ends up true. I, I, what did the media lie about no, Floyd? The media, the, media, the media doesn't lie about Floyd. I don't Floyd. think they lie what about they, Floyd at all. This is, what, this is what they do. They will really, in other words, if Floyd does do something wrong, everybody and their brother will talk. Like Floyd's got a magnifying glass on him. He's look. He's like they, they're looking to find things wrong with Floyd. They're not really looking to find things wrong with Conor McGregor. So that's the difference. If Floyd does do something wrong, they'll never give him a pass on it. Like they'll that whole thing, all his past stuff he did twenty years ago, is still being talked about today, mm-hmm. as yeah. if it happened yesterday. I, yeah. So I, I will. Agree. They, they, the media will never will never accept Floyd. They just won't. This is the thing, though, and JC hit it right on the head, is that casuals love Connor. Casuals, like it or not, drive the business. They drive the business, yeah. and they love him, yeah. and that's the thing. And that's, that's yeah, who just, you have just to impress. You don't have to press the hardcores. They're not big enough. They're not. Like, when I, went, when, I go, when I go back and watch those Floyd Mayweather, like when I go back and watch Floyd Mayweather in 
I watched that, all those episodes. I guess I thought I'd go back and watch some of those, some of the <laughs> clips and highlights. Yeah. He was, he was, he was hilarious. He's entertaining. Connor. He's entertaining. Connor to me, Connor to me is just like so corny. So it just seems like it's so forced. I don't know, so, man. Like, I think like, Connor's pretty when Oscar, when, when Oscar, when Oscar got up and started saying, I'm, it's, gonna be a rough and then the Floyd gets up and goes it's gonna be a rough and felt like the way he mocked him it was just so fun do you it's remember just, when he was talking it was, about it, Oscar's dogs nobody wants to see them dogs they want to see me he was, he was like he was talking about Oscar's uh, dogs it was just funny man it was it was funny yeah he was like he's, <laughs> he was just when, 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 when he when he when he created that persona yeah back back in 2006 2007 when he turned into the, um, you know, the money may, he was, he was hilarious. And you know what the thing is? Like, he's not an exciting, he was never an exciting fighter. He was never an exciting fighter, but people tuned in to watch him get beat. You know what well, I mean? Once again, but they tuned I disagree in. with that. Go you back and watch it. That's exciting. Go back and watch him at 130. He was no, really no, no, exciting. No, 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 no. That was, that was pretty boy. When he went to 147. Oh, oh you, no, yes, no, 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 no. He, he did, almost I, I had, and he'll, he'll tell you, he'll tell you too, that he almost had two careers. One was at Pretty Boy, one was Money. Oh, you're right. I, when he oh, you're was right. Pretty I'm sorry. Boy, my that. God. That guy was amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. honestly, honestly, if you're, if you're being honest, have you ever seen a better 130, 135 pounder than Floyd Mayweather? He's the best, he's the best 130, no, he's ever. the best 100. He's the best 130 pounder of all time. You, I, you, you, make, you can make you can make at 135. Duran could probably still be the, the best guy at 135. You could. Possibly, who knows? You could. Um, Floyd, Floyd didn't do Floyd. Floyd didn't do enough at 135. And you could argue he actually lost the, the first Castillo fight. Yeah, yeah, I thought he did yeah. lose that first fight. Um, definitely won the yeah. second fight. But uh, yeah, at 130 pounds, I've never seen a fighter like that. I, that's and the here's best another fighter I, I've ever seen. Here's another thing. Um, he was he was making he was garnering a lot of attention with both personas. Both he had success with both personas. Yeah. So he was able he was able to transcend his whole persona and you know recreate himself and was even more successful. You know, hundred so. percent he was more successful as as Money Mayweather than Pretty Boy Mayweather. Um, and, and, you know, you got to give him credit, too, because he did that because of his hands. You know, he had hand problems, and he had to switch his style up, you know. Um, wasn't it uh, Mayweather Sr. who had to switch his style up? Because I think he got shot in the leg or whatever. That's how he, he made that, like, and it's not, it's a Philly show, but it's like their own version of the Philly show, you know. It's like, uh, it's, it's a little bit different than your average Philly yeah. shell type thing. James, James, Tony, Bernard Hopkins, they all, they all had a, a yeah. kind of a similar. Who was better? Um, I mean, James, Tony, or Floyd as far as that Philly show went? I mean, they were both so good at it. Well, you have to say Floyd because you never lost <laughs> never lost with it, you know. That's true, I guess, you know, but James Tony went up in weight and everything like that, where Floyd kind of stayed yeah. in that little pocket right there. I don't know, man. They're, they were both well, amazing at it. Floyd, Floyd fought in five weight classes, I mean. That's true. That's very true. Very true. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the upcoming fights here, which I don't believe there are any. There are no upcoming fights until February 6th, I believe. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, February 6th on ESPN+. A uh, couple guys you've never, ever heard of. 
And then uh, February 13th is our next big fight with Joe Smith Jr. versus Maxime Vlasov uh, for the vacant WBO light heavyweight title. And then Richard Comey making his uh, return against Jackson Martinez. Also, Xander Zayas on that card versus James Martin. That's on February 13th, so a couple weeks away. We got uh, – is that Super Bowl? What is Super Bowl? I guess uh, – February – uh, it's in February. I guess probably. it's two weeks yeah. from today. I guess it'll be two weeks from today. So, yeah, because yeah. I guess next usually, week is whatever. It's usually the second week in February. Can yeah, you yeah. believe this month? This month actually flew by within the blink of an eye. This is like a fast month, bro. Yeah, Sanchez, thank you so much. You said February 7th. Uh, doing quality for life says, I'd uh, love to see Canelo try American uh, Joe Smith Jr. I guess Joe Smith. That'd be a good fight. That would be a very good fight. I think that's a good. Fight. I don't think you're going to see Canelo. I don't think you're going to see Canelo at 175 again unless unless he decides to fight Gilberto Ramirez up there at 175. Man, that's a big fight. That's a big. That's a tough fight for him. I mean, I thought, like I said, man, I thought Kovalev was getting the better of him in that fight. Um, obviously, Kovalev didn't win the fight, but uh, I thought he was yeah. going pretty well. Speaking of Canelo, a lot of people. Uh, Canelo signs a matchroom, signs with Matchroom for a two-fight deal with uh, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. I tell you what, how ironic is it that Canelo sues the zone? All right, uh, and they still end up retaining him to fight on their network. You know, so he's got a two-fight deal coming up. He's going to fight Avni Yildrum coming up. Let me see here on February 27th. This is interesting, Beeb. This is going to take place at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. This is where the Dolphins play. I don't know how many seats they're planning on selling for this one, but I don't think, and I listen, man, I don't live in Florida, but based on stuff I've heard and everything like that and stuff I've read, I, and again, I don't know the, the whole thing, I don't think there's restrictions on seating there. I think they've given them the green light no matter what, COVID, whatever. I think they've given well, them the green light to go ahead and pack those stadiums. And uh, I, I was talking to my cousin yesterday. And she lives um, in Massachusetts, but she has a place in Florida. All right. And uh, she says, I'm not going down to Florida. I heard it's like the wild, wild west down there, right? It now. has to be, right? It's it's crazy down there right now. Like that guy, what's, his, what's the governor's name down there? Sa- is it Santos, Ron DeSantos or Ron DeSantos or something yeah, like that? Yeah, DeSantis, 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 Ron DeSantis, yeah. He's – um. All everything is like a like a free for all down there right now. Yeah, you know. I mean, she's it's like, got to be got, like COVID central down there. She's got. She's like, yeah, I got a I got a vacation home down there. I usually go down there in the winter time. I haven't been there since this COVID thing. I'm and I don't plan on going back anytime soon. Yeah. Until they until they get this until they get this thing straightened out because she's told me it's like the wild wild west down there. Oh man, and then they're gonna have this fight over there, like I said, and. uh and I, again, I don't know where the Super Bowl takes place this year, uh, where that is or whatever. But uh, yeah, Miami's like the place. They're they're the first ones that opened everything back up, and they said, you know, COVID or no COVID, screw it, we're just going through with it. And they just opened everything right back up. So now I think businesses down there may have a say about that. Like, hey, we're only allowing X amount of people. Um, but the NFL, I don't believe, has put a, a a limit on that either. So they're going by individual cities. Some cities, uh, Cincinnati, I, I think they allowed like, uh, I don't know, 5,000. I don't know how many people they were, maybe 10,000 in their stadium or whatever. So they were spaced out and everything like that. Yeah, JC says the Super Bowl's in Tampa. That'll be another interesting thing to see, like, those tickets, if it's going to be a packed, you know, packed house, like a sold out like it typically is. 
or how they're going to, you know, are they going to space them out or what they're going to do? I, I don't know. But that Canelo fight is, uh, I, would you go to a fight right now? Would I go to a fight right yeah. now? Yeah. Um, probably, yeah. I, I would. Well, you've already had it, so you're, you're, you're immune. You would be immune. I would go to it. You would go to it anyway. You would go to it anyway. <laughs> would you go to see the Canelo Yildrum fight? <laughs> yeah, I would go if someone someone gave me tickets. I wouldn't pay for it. Though. Yeah, I wouldn't pay for it either. I tell you, you know, and everybody's dumping on Canelo, uh, talking about him fighting Yildrum next and not a top guy. Listen, it's just mandatory. You guys want to see a unified champion? That's that comes with the territory. I remember Klitschko. Mm-hmm. You know, they were comparing him to Joe Louis back in the day, the bum of the month club. Hey, that's uh, that's how it is, man. Mandatories are mandatories, you know. What are you going to do? It is what it is, bro. Yeah, All right. it is what it is. Uh, how silly, if you're Oscar De La Hoya right now in Golden Boy, how silly do you feel that Canelo's still fighting on your network for a different guy? <laughs> that's got to be like you breaking up with your girl and she starts dating your best friend, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, what well, in the world? You know... What do you do if you're Golden Boy? How do you how, how could you even possibly salvage that relationship when you did such such a dishonest thing? You had you told one. And can I also say this? If you're disowned, right? Why would you even want to do business with Golden Boy anymore? You know what I mean? Well, here, well, I mean, again, you, you got know, him sued, you know, so I don't still, know. It, they still they still ended up keeping Canelo, so maybe they don't care at this point. They, but they can you care. ever if you're, if you're in his own right, can you ever trust Golden Boy again after being lied to like that? No, no. it's a bad look, right? You know, is it, is it or is it a bad look? It absolutely is. You know, and and De La Hoya is not exactly putting you know putting great fights on the horizon right now. You know, no. um, Matchroom's doing what they can. They're they're putting up better fights. They're putting up decent fights. Um, and they got a, a decent, yeah, decent card coming out. Not worth the twenty dollars a month on the zone, but it's a decent, you know, decent stuff. Uh, Give quality a, says that really uh, he should have taken the Yildrum fight in December and gave Callum a full eight weeks. Listen, I think he could have gave Callum twelve weeks, six months, two years, whatever you want to do. He Callum Smith was not beating that guy. Yeah. That's just it was I, it a bad been. matchup for him. It was just he's not beating him. But like the like Canelo. Canelo had to prepare too. He had a, you know, in other words, the situation was tough for Canelo because he was in camp. I don't know how long he was in camp. Obviously, I think it's safe to assume he was probably in camp longer than um, Smith was. But if you don't have an opponent really nailed down until later, so so like that's kind of tough for you. How do you prepare? So I think Canelo had, was in, you know, was in a, at a disadvantage too because. Even though he gave Smith five weeks' notice, probably it was harder for Smith to get in shape and lose the weight or whatever. I understand that. But in terms of strategy, it was hard for Canelo too because, you know what I mean? So, Yeah, I, again, man, I don't care how much time you give Smith. You can bring, uh, you know, Emmanuel Stewart back. and You know what I'm saying? I mean, nothing he could have done, he's not going to beat Canelo. He's just not. And he had – it looked like he had the tools, like I said, with the size and everything like that. Um, Listen, to, yeah. Listen to Notorious VC says, why is the show so early? We want to watch you guys, not football. Last week's shows did good views during the game. 
Again, well, you're you, Canadian. I appreciate bro. that. Yeah, is, is, is he Canadian? Is notorious Canadian? Canadians <laughs> don't give a shit about the football. Everybody, guy, everybody loves football, my man. Every and we do this, and we not, do this every not, year because of that, you know. Because I, I'd like to watch not, games not, too, you know. Not, that, I was just about to say that. I don't even, even if everyone in that chat said I, I'd rather the show be at seven. Yeah, I do the, I, I do this for you. I don't do that. For, I, I do this for you more, just as yeah. much as I do it for them. Oh, for sure. I know you really, love, you really love the football. Why? What? Best weekend. Why would I say, sports. oh, Eric? Well, why, yeah. Why would I take that away from you? You know what I mean? It's the best weekend in sports. This and the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, it's the best weekend in sports. I know Eric loves the games. I, I, no disrespect to anybody in the chat, but I know Eric loves the games. So love him. I, you know, and again, this is like, what is this? What a couple couple weeks out of the year? Right, two weeks out of the year. I mean, two it, weeks out of the year. It's like two weeks. It's two weeks out of the year. Let, let Eric have his fun, bro. Yes, bro. that's right. And plus, I, I do. I do, I do, I do watch the Super Bowl. I always watch the Super Bowl. So, yeah. and most of the time, New England's playing in it anyway. So, uh, Joe has his, you know, his fun every year. You know, <laughs> he's got Super Bowl titles up there yeah. in New England. and Everything, man. Yeah, given quality, says Callum looked pathetic. Okay, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. It, Nobody expected that fight to be that one sided. At no, least I didn't. I didn't. I, I told you, I thought Callum had a, a fighter's shot. I thought Callum, you know, was going to make this a dog fight. I thought Callum was, was going to be close. I expected a, a couple tough rounds out of Callum. You know? So. Yeah. I just hate, I just hate this. All, all the, all the people coming out after. Like, you have to, you have to say before the fight, like, there's a guy on it, like, Lion Killer said it was going to be a one-sided fight, that he didn't like it. So he can say these things. But unless you said things before the fight, don't be the Monday morning quarterback, bro. It's just, it's just, it's a bad look. Yeah, bad and look for you. You know what? I'll tell you what. I, you know, I definitely took an L on that one because, you know, I was one of the, you know, and even though I picked Canelo, I thought, I thought for sure, Callum, this might go the other way. You know, but a lot of people, like I said, Lion Killer was one of those guys saying this is going to be a one-sided wash and everything. Like a lot of people, you know, there was a response of people saying it was going to be a one-sided fight, and I just didn't see it. And man, it was a one-sided fight. Okay. Yeah, I thought I, I I thought it would be. Uh, you did too, didn't you? You thought it would be. You know, I thought it would be a clear. I thought it would be a clear victory. Yeah, but I didn't. Think, I didn't think it was going to be a shutout, bro. No. It was a shutout. As big as that guy was, was and as good as he can fight, as good as he looked in that suit, that uh, what, the world boxing I expected him, or whatever. I expected him to win three or four rounds, Eric. I didn't expect I that. Didn't expect, I, I expected I didn't expect it. I didn't expect to shut up. It was, you, know, you know what's funny, too? What? I, 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 went, I, went at, I had a conversation with Lion Killer on another podcast with D-Style, the, uh, the roundtable on Thursday. And he was saying that that was a cherry pick. Canelo's cherry picking guys. You know, yeah. what I, you know what I said to him? You know what I said to him? I go like this to him. I said, "Well, let me ask you a question. Can you name five super middleweights better than Callum Smith?" He couldn't do it. Oh. So how's that a cherry pick, bro? You know, in my opinion, I think David Be- David Benavides would beat Callum Smith. But again, David Benavides asked himself out because he didn't. You know, he had the cocaine issue. Well, he got issues. stripped for that, and then he had the weight. Then he had the weight. It, you know, came in overweight. So again, you know, he he's got to work his way back into the equation because he's did some you know pretty questionable things that took himself out of the equation. I think style wise and stuff like I I think he would beat Callum Smith. I think he's you know just based on the eye test and skills or whatever. I think he's the best super middleweight. But if he can't get his shit 
together. What, what, what difference does it make what I think if he can't get his shit together? So he obviously he didn't deserve a shot based off of his history. So do I think Caleb Plant's better than um, Callum Smith? I, I don't know. I'm not. I, I would say, I, at the time I would say no. I don't. I'm not. I, I, I mean, I'm not 100 percent sold on Caleb Plant. Who else is out there at yeah. 168? Benavides, Smith, and uh, Caleb Plant. Those were the three big ones. Yeah. And in my opinion, I had Smith ahead of all of them. I mean, just based yeah. on what he did in that tournament. And Smith. You know? Smith was looked at as Smith was looked at by pretty much everyone as the best super middleweight in the world. And but he now, went there and walked right through that guy. I mean, it, now it was a you know one sided. But now, but now he's trash. Now he's right. a cherry pick. Of course. Let's just give Camelo credit, man. He's a, he's a good fighter, man. Yeah, absolutely. He's, paid, he's earned it now. You know, he's earned it. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you can't take anything out of that performance. And and uh, you know, I get you know, you say maybe he didn't have enough time to train or whatever. I, he could have trained for six months, could have trained for six days, could have trained for six years. He was not going to beat Canelo, period. End of story. End of story. Canelo's just too good. He's, he's a, as good as I thought Smith was and as good as Smith is, I mean, the level that Canelo's on is just, he's in another stratosphere. I mean, it really is. No question. All right, Beeb, let's talk about this all-chick pay-per-view, man. We got a women's card coming up. Clarissa Shields will be headlining an all-women pay-per-view. The main event will be Shields versus Marie Eve DeCare, Dakar, who is IBF champion. This will be a unification bout because uh, Shields got the other titles. Uh, Shields told ESPN, quote, Women's boxing is a hot commodity. Don't let any other network tell you that it's not. Women's boxing is in just like women's MMA. All we need to do is have our own platform, and show them that we have fans and that we need to, and that we can sell pay-per-view buys. Yeah, okay. Um, listen, the fight will be on Fight TV, Beeb, and the fight is twenty nine ninety nine. That's a tough okay. sell, you know. And you know, we got a pay-per-view here with fighters that absolutely nobody knows, who have not been promoted. Nobody on that undercard has been promoted. Uh, I saw a couple of the girls. I don't know who they are. Uh, there is no outlet to promote these fighters individually. They just throw a PP, uh, pay-per-view together. It's awful. It's a disservice. It really is a disservice to these fighters. It's horrible promotion all the way around. Listen, you have to build up stars, okay? If you want to have a pay-per-view, you have to build up stars. Are you going to pay twenty nine ninety nine for this fight? Am I? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You're, you're gonna buy it. Yeah. yeah. I want to support the. I want to support yeah, the women's absolutely. boxing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're gonna buy it too. I'm not going to buy it. There's no <laughs> way in the world I'm buying it. Are you kidding me? I bet you. Buy it. I would pay $9.99 for the fight. All right. Why, Eric? Why, Eric? I don't know who's on it. I don't know any of those girls. It'd be like, you know, just it'd, it'd be like paying for a showbox card. Can I, I wrong? Can I tell you can I tell you something? Sure. This pay I hate saying this. It's gonna do under a hundred thousand pay per view buys. <laughs> Did you say it was gonna this do made, under a hundred thousand? Son, this is yeah. gonna do under ten thousand. 
The only one paying for this fight are the families of the fighters. Son, this ain't going nowhere. Come on. Come on. My wife just said, my wife just texted me and said, yes, you are buying it. No, I'm not. There's no way, son. Come on, man. Someone in that household is going to buy this pay-per-view. Yeah, it ain't going to be me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, there, I mean, again, man, you have to create stars. You have to at least create something. You know, what is it about Clarissa Shields that I want to see? Do you know what she I She doesn't knock anybody out. She's not a vicious good. fighter. She's not a skillful I technician. Did. You know, I mean, and listen, she is she is a, she is a technician. But not to I'm not going to pay for that. I don't even know who no, this girl is that she's fighting. Katie Katie Taylor is the only woman only woman right now in the sport of boxing that could actually headline a card and get ratings. You know what it's they need opinion. to do is they need to put it on pay-per-view. Okay, they need to put a pay-per-view fight on with the main and co-main. <laughs> I'm getting the death stare from my wife right now who's looking right across from me during the window. Uh, you know, they need, to, they need to put a main and a co-main on. Put Katie Taylor on is the main event or Clarissa Shields on as the main event with this title on the line and then put a solid solid co-main, like well, a guy's co-main, and that builds it up. That gives her credibility, this, and then she can go on and do whatever she needs to do. What I would do, you know, with with some of the female fighters is I would put them on pay-per-views, like like have them co, co-headline or be a co-feature in a big in a big pay per view like with Tyson Fury versus Joshua or something like that. Right. Try try to get try to get yeah. some of these women that aren't that aren't well known. Put them on the big cards and have them like as the second or third fight under underneath the, the the main event. They need they need to showcase the women more like that. Yeah. Put them on bigger big. Put them on underneath like. Be this, like I said, the second or third fight underneath a big card. Like a, put them like a on the second theory. fight. Put the champions on the second yeah. fight. Or put them on yeah. the main event and put the main event that, that you know, would actually headline underneath them. Because you're trying so they to, need to be on. This. Yeah, they need to be on some big pay-per-view cards. But just try them out underneath, like as a co-feature or a third fight or whatever, and get them exposure that way. And then eventually you could build them up so they could headline their own. Don't throw them out there now, no. and then it does horrible. Then it does horrible, and then you turn around and say, "Well, you can't draw now." When you haven't built them up, you got to build them up. Like what Don King used to do with Christy Martin. What did she? What did he used to do? Yeah. He used to put him on on Tyson Tyson's undercards. She he used to put her on Chavez on Chavez's undercards, yeah. and she was she was starting to make some headway. And then when she fought um, Layla Ali, they headlined their own card, and that they did well. Yeah. They did well. And then Christy because Martin was they, known. Everybody wanted to see her then. Nobody wants to see Clarissa Shields. They just don't. Build her up. Build her, build her up. up. Why does she have to headline all the time? Put her on a, on a, on a big a, main right. event and put her underneath. Put her underneath a huge pay-per-view fight. And feed put her on somebody, that car. Stop feeding her Titus. Feed her somebody she's going to knock out viciously. You know what I mean? Start doing those. You know what I mean? Start feeding her those guys. You know, start feeding her that. You know, something to, to build her. You need something to build this girl up. Her personality is not great. 
You know, so you take Katie Taylor, who's a good fighter. You know, we don't need a whole lot with her. But with Clarissa Shields, you know, she could be a superstar. But, you know, she they got to build her up right. And nobody knows, you know, and, and maybe the problem is her. I don't know. Who is promoting her? Who's promoting her right now? I don't really have a promoter, I don't think. Yeah, well, well, there you go. You know, pay a promoter. You know, start getting it out there. J.C., is infatuated in the chat with uh, Snow Queen. Who who is she's, Snow Queen? Snow Queen is that blonde chick, right? Isn't she that blonde chick who takes her clothes off on Instagram or whatever? Yeah, you see her. Yeah, yeah. I think you sent me the thing. You sent me like a link to Snow Queen or something like that. Uh, JC wants her to bring us on and bring her on here and everything like that. Yeah, she's like a Instagram stripper, right? But she interviews boxers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty pretty much, pretty much, yeah. There's a lot of those out there. I saw, like, uh, I think there's a, a beauty boxing or something like that. Uh, she's another one that uh, I think she interviews fighters or does, like, a, a little podcast and then in between then takes her clothes off on Instagram and stuff. So uh, a lot of those out there. Maybe we'll yeah. get one on. Maybe we'll get one on. Maybe she's going to take her clothes off on our show. There you go, Beef. <laughs> Beef single. Beep's single. He's ready. He's ready to go. He's ready to swipe right or whatever you do on those little apps. Oh, God. I'm in <laughs> trouble now. <laughs> All right. Josh Warrington vacates his belt. Josh Warrington vacated his IBF featherweight belt after the IBF refused to sanction a fight between the other two champions. All right. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I just saw this. So, you know, I didn't – okay, first of all, I saw the Snow Queen. This is my wife on here. Um, my fault. It's my fault, Lisa. It is It is Don't 100% Beeb's fault, all right? I texted I text, I texted, I texted, I texted Beeb, him. And I didn't even know what the link was. This is, and this is 100% true. Yeah. He said in big capital letters, check this out. He always sends me boxing articles, and I thought, hey, you know, he's sending me another boxing article. I look on there. This chick's taking off her clothes and everything like that. What am I supposed to yeah. do? I I, I clicked I off look, immediately. I mean, There's no question. Beep can Lisa, vouch for me. Lisa, I have to be, I have to be honest. I really think she's 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 a very smart analyst with when it comes to boxing. So I don't really look at it for the physical thing. I look at I look at her for her mental sure her mental acuity. That's what Beep's. I look about. at her for her mental acuity. Yes. Yeah. He, he looks at her mental acuities, and uh, you know he takes that into consideration. Yeah. She has great knowledge. She's a great interviewer. Yeah. So I, I give her he that. loves watching her, her knowledge. Beeb loves her I give knowledge. Her that. No, she's a, she does a good job interviewing fighters. I have to, yeah, it's, I have it's to give great. her that respect. Yeah. I have to give her that respect. <laughs> I, I, I overlook I overlook the ward the wardrobe. I don't really put much stock in it. You know, I don't judge people by how they dress or how they don't dress. That's a gentleman. What, That's a gentleman right there. You don't, don't judge people by the way they dress. Absolutely. I don't judge people for what they wear and for what they don't wear, if you know what I mean. I think we all do. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's good stuff, Beeb. I like it. I like it. Anyway, as we were saying, Beeb, you know, uh, so so Josh Warrington, we're going to try to regroup here, uh, dropped this IBF featherweight belt. Uh, now, listen, there's, a two, there's two champions out there, Zucan and uh, Gary Russell Jr. He dropped it because the IBF says, hey, we're not going to sanction those fights. So as long as you're our champ, you're not going to fight those guys. So he said, okay, screw it. I'm dropping the belt, and I'm going to fight these guys. B, there's a slight problem with his logic, though. He doesn't have a fight lined up with either one of these guys. 
He doesn't have a fight lined up. And let me tell you this. Let me go another step further. Let's take it down to street level here. All right. Beeb, you know who his mandatory is? Josh Warrington's? Who is it? Kid Galahad. IBF said, Uh, if you ain't fighting uh, Kid Galahad, you ain't fighting with our belt. And Josh Warrington said, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting rid of it. I'm not doing it. You know? Listen, I don't blame him because he got waxed in that first fight, and he got a gift decision to come out of there with that belt. All right. Notorious VC, thank you so much. He said, Mrs. Lord in the chat, salute. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Um, is he ducking? He's ducking Kid Galahad. Galahad, no? Um, don't like to use that word, but it certainly does appear to be he's avoiding. He's definitely avoiding him. Fight if he, if he uh, you know. Gets rid of that let's title, put it in, you know. Let's 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 put it in kinder terms. He seems to be a little bit um, unenthusiastic to get back in the ring with Kit Galahad. Can you blame you him? Put it that way. Can you blame him? I I thought he lost a fight eight rounds to four. I thought he that got was, waxed in that fight. I didn't even think that fight was I, close. Kid, or you could even say nine to three if you wanted to. Kit Galahad. Excited. Beat down. It, 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 I'm going to say something. It may sound corny or whatever or cliche, but Kid Galahad fought a beautiful fight, like technically from start to finish. His strategy, the way, it was just brilliant the way he fought Warrington. I picked Warrington to win the fight, and I was yeah, I so too. thoroughly impressed that Kid Galahad was able to pull out and put on a performance the way he did. That was such a beautifully tactical performance, the way he outboxed him. Ridiculous the way he outboxed him. He made him look like an amateur. He really did. He made him look foolish in spots in that ring, man. And He fought, and Kid Galahad is the type of guy that hasn't always maintained his discipline throughout the course of a fight. He's been questionable um, in terms of just, he's, he'd be interviewed, uh, in, uh, you know, a, a lot of times and be asked questions about, like, oh, this is what he was asked one time and he was very offended. And he goes, your style is very unorthodox. And he goes, and he said to the interviewer, like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? My, my, my style is unorthodox. He says, I, 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 I can fight. I know how to box. Mm-hmm. So he's basically being told that he doesn't really have conventional boxing skills. And, um, I, I'm not going to go as far as saying that I thought that that was the case with him, but I didn't know he had that those type of conventional boxing skills. I didn't think you know? he was going to do that, do what he did to Warrington, put it that way. No question. No. I mean, we yeah. all thought Warrington was going to steamroll this guy. And at least I did. And, uh, yeah, man, that was uh, that was tough. And you know what? Galahad's the kind of guy that gives you nightmares because you can't put a glove on him. And when you hit him, it's never, you know, it's you're never hitting him flush. Do you did you remember my reaction when I was doing the live cast of that fight at the end when the scores were announced? Yeah, yeah, that that was classic, bro. That was like that was like one of my funniest moments, bro. It, it, like the look, the look. That that I think that is right up there on, the, on my with with my Andrew Ruiz reaction when he stepped on the scale and weighed two eighty three. Yeah, <laughs> those are the two. You know what I thought was great about that fight? I think you did a better job promoting that fight than anybody else. I really do. Because you kept talking about wow. that fight, 
And when yeah. that fight happened and you did that live cast, I'm like, I was I was on the fence about watching the fight because I thought it was going to be a blowout. I'm like, eh, whatever, you know. And you had talked this fight and talked this fight, and you were so excited for this fight. I was like, let me check it out. And man, I'm glad I did. I was like, you know, and I'm listening to you as, as I'm watching the live cast, and you know, I'm watching the live cast, and I'm you know watching the fight, and I'm like, man, he's making this guy look silly, you know, and like, and you're going nuts on the live cast. It was just exciting, you know. It was you, did, you, did you, you made it exciting. Did you, did you hear the commentary? Did you hear my commentary? And did you hear the uh, the other people's comments? See how biased they were against friggin' yeah. um, Galahad. Oh, for sure. It was disgusting. Oh, it was disgusting, bro. Yeah. It was disgrace. It was disgraceful. Oh my god, it was disgraceful. Man. So that's that's the deal with uh so he's gonna try to make a fight with Zucan or Gary Russell, uh with two fights that are gonna be I think difficult to make. Um but the uh the other guy that he you know, he's that wants to fight him, that gave him the best fight, he doesn't want to fight anymore. So good luck. Good luck. What is what a shame. So earlier this week, it came out Floyd Mayweather was engaged. All right. Earlier in the week, it was announced that uh, Floyd Mayweather was engaged to his lead dancer at his strip club girl collection. Uh, a very fine place, by the way. Floyd immediately took to social media to say that that wasn't the case and he wasn't engaged. He's never been engaged. Fine. Uh Listen, I, I, you know, Beeb, I don't know. I, I probably would have took the chat, too. I, I wouldn't be real, real, you know, eager to announce that I was engaged to a stripper. That's just me. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I don't know. Would you Would you be eager to announce that you were engaged to a stripper, Beeb? I don't judge people before what they do for work, man. I mean, that's not right. I mean, that's like one step away from a prostitute, no? That was cold-blooded. That was cold You know what? I'm going to hold you accountable for your actions, son. I don't like that. I don't like that. That was not right. Not right at all. I don't know if I would call a stripper a prostitute. I don't know about that. But um, but you know what's crazy? He didn't he didn't come out right away and deny it. it like, you know what? It's this guy is so <laughs> weird sometimes because someone information will be put out there sometimes by him. You know, intentionally. Him. Of course it is. Okay, but it's almost like he's trying to get a feel for how people are going to react to it to make his next move. He'll like announce an opponent he's gonna fight, right? Right. And then, and then like he'll see, <laughs> he'll see how the um, he'll see how the public responds to it or reacts to it, and then like like then he'll change his mind on who he's gonna fight based off of how, how you know. And and he didn't respond to this right away. He didn't come right out and deny it right away. So was, I just found that kind of weird how he how he waited a while before. I, I think he almost waited a whole day before he came out and said that it's not true or whatever. I don't know. But uh, it is what it is. Lisa says that uh, I sure talk about strippers a lot. Listen, this was not, in all fairness, Beeb sent me this story. Beeb sent me the story, so I put it on the news. It wasn't even my well, idea. It wasn't well, even my you idea, know, Beeb. You, you could not help but see this story. It's all over the place. All over. All over. What am I going to do? Ignore it? Basically, it's I mean, it's basically shoved in our face. How can we avoid this? Awful. It's just shoved down our throats. You think for one second that I like talking about strippers? Do you think I enjoy looking at strippers? I mean, come on. Right, Beeb? 
Get my back on I you. I agree. I agree. Personal this is just responsibility. This is just this is just part of the course. This is this just comes with the job. I Absolutely. Mean, we, this just comes with the job. We have to. We have to on, report on the news. A lot of times, you don't like the things in the news, but they have to tell you about them. Yeah. Got to talk about them, you know, right? Every, everything can't be a, a specific topic all the time. You know, Agreed. we have all various various topics that we have to talk about. So. Agreed. Nacho said that uh, Floyd's place is uh, located in a crappy neighborhood in Vegas. Shocking, because all strip clubs are located in really high 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 end areas. You know. <laughs> How does Nacho know where the place is located? I guess he's been there. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Grieva said it's a hooker's paradise. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Listen, enjoy the games today. Beeb, who's going to the Super Bowl here? What do we got? We got Buffalo and Kansas City in the first game, and then uh, Green Bay and Tampa Bay in the second game, I guess, or I don't know. I don't know which who's playing first or whatever. Do you think, do you think Tampa Bay is going to beat Green, Green Bay? <sighs> I'm pulling for Tampa Bay. I would like to see him win. I would like. I really would, yeah. man. I would. You know what? And I wasn't a big Brady fan when he was in New, in New England, but this is such a comeback no. story, you know? Yeah, this is such a comeback yeah, story. Why not? Why not? I'd like to see him win. I don't think he will, but I, I, I'd like to see him win. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think Green Bay will win, and um, I can't see the Bills winning. You think the Bills are gonna win? <laughs> I think the Bills got a real good shot. But you know what? You know what uh, is crazy though? Their offense has been sputtering the last couple of weeks. In the playoffs, they haven't looked the same as they did prior to. Uh, that offense isn't where it, you know, where it was. And Kansas City looks like it's hitting on all cylinders, man. They look pretty good. So what I think time it'll be is Kansas the, City and Green Bay? What time is the Tampa Bay? Game is that at three thirty or four o'clock or something? I like think that? that's a six o'clock game. I think the Green Bay is a six o'clock game, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I think I'm gonna watch that game. Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna watch that game. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, it's funny. I, 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 it's hard to not root for a guy like Tom Brady. He's a, he's just a solid. He's a solid individual. He's a good person. I think so too. I mean, you know, did you saw the the picture of him last week where he was playing? Uh, what was it a catch with the I guess Drew Brees' kids? I guess at the end of the game, uh, the New Orleans game, he was playing. Oh, really? uh, yeah. yeah, he was playing catch yeah. with them after the fact and everything like that. Oh, that was nice, man. He's he's a genuine he's a genuine guy. He's a likable person. I I have nothing bad to say about Tom Brady. Bill Belichick Belichick kind of comes off as a I don't know, kind of comes off as a very. Uh, edgy. He kind of comes off as like a grumpy type person. Not yeah. a, he doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like a very upbeat guy. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Low blow champ says Green Bay is the early game. However, my son says the Buccaneers game is at three thirty, and Antonio is, uh, if nothing else, all over football. So uh, he knows his stuff. Uh, Antonio, if you're listening, open. what's that? I said the whole family got YouTube channels. I know, right? Yeah, I, Elena's a YouTube star. I got Antonio over here. I got Lisa. You know. And, is it, is it, does Elena have a YouTube channel? She does. She does. I don't. You know what? I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't even know what her channel is. Um, I've seen I've seen her videos that she puts up or whatever. She had like she put some video up, and it was nuts, man. I mean, it like went. You know, she had like six thousand views on it. No it was way. ridiculous. Yeah, it was like it was like a video she put up, and it was. Is like, her channel? Is her channel Elena Lorda? No, it's something different. It's something completely different. And what does she uh, talk about? What she was talking about, like some other channel. I see she was talking about like this TikTok people. You know, the, like the people on TikTok, they make these videos and whatever. And I guess she was critiquing them or whatever. 
that video went through the roof. I mean, she had like six uh, six thousand views or something crazy, like in like the first day. Ridiculous. Find out where her channel is. I want to. I want to see what she talks about. Yeah, I got. I got. I got to hook you up with it. Yeah, I got to give it to you, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm a. I'm a YouTube. I'm a. I'm a YouTube junkie. Yeah. I, yeah. I go to bed watching you. I go to bed watching YouTube on my phone, and I wake up watching YouTube on my phone. Yeah, Lisa hates when I watch. Probably YouTube. why. I, it's probably why I have carpal tunnel syndrome because I'm always holding the phone. Freaking ulnar ulnar neuropathy because I freaking hold the phone. phone neuropathy. You got iPhone neuropathy. Because <laughs> I, I hold the phone all the time. Oh, man, that's hilarious. So yeah, man, I'm taking Green Bay, and I think Kansas City will be in there. I think they'll be in the Super Bowl. So there you That's, go. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I don't think I don't think Buffalo's going to win, and I don't think uh, Tampa Bay is going to win. But I'll, I'll be voting for Tampa Bay. I'll be rooting for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'd like no to see the underdogs. I'd like to see Tampa Bay and Buffalo. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Whether I'll it happens or not, who knows, man. We got to get our football channel. We got to get a football channel together and make parlays and stuff like that, and tell people who to bet on. I'll yeah. make a channel and you you take the other side of it and we'll make money, you know. <laughs> That's how they do it. You remember how they had like the eight hundred numbers, like Wayne Root and all them and Jim Feist, you'd call them up and they'd give like half of the people one pick, like the if Buffalo and Kansas City, they'd give half of the people Buffalo, they'd give the other half Kansas City, so they're always winning. <laughs> Freaking brutal. Brutal those guys. <laughs> that guy Wayne Root is like a Crazy. big political guy now. Green Bay versus Buffalo. Oh, and Antonio says Buffalo's going to win today. Antonio's taking well, Green Bay Buffalo. Say, wow, he's a big Kansas City guy, too. He's got like a Mahomes jersey and everything. I'll say one thing. I think the Buffalo and Kansas City game is going to be the um, the more competitive game, though. I think Green Bay will probably soundly beat And they're Kansas so good. Bay Green Bay has got a really good team this year. They really do. They might, they might just yeah. win it all. D-Style taking the Bills. Like it. I like it. He loves the Bills. Does he? He's from El Paso. What about yeah, the Cowboys and you know the Texans and stuff? He's a Bills guy. He likes he likes the Bills. Yeah. No Cincinnati fans out there. No Bengals fans out there. <laughs> Just me. No Bengals fans. Just me. What do you like better, the Cleveland Browns or the? Or you live closer to Cincinnati, right? <laughs> yeah, we're in Cincinnati, so I've always been a Bengals fan. You live in Cincinnati. Oh, you do yeah. live in Cincinnati. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He doesn't like the Cowboys. He doesn't like the Cowboys, huh? The boys. A lot of people don't like the Cowboys. A lot of people hate the Cowboys, right? You know, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, listen, man, enjoy the games today. And uh, we'll be back at our normal time next week. Uh, we'll do the same thing for the Super Bowl, uh, the 12 o'clock show for the Super Bowl. But next week we'll be back to 7 o'clock. Um, enjoy the games today, guys. That's going to do it for this edition of Ringside Reporter. Uh, you can catch Joe Habib on Twitter at jhabib1 and find our YouTube channel at ringsidereporterlive.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at ringside73. And uh, guys, have a good one, and we will catch you guys next week.